Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. On another front, education has obviously become a lightning rod too, where we saw, uh, I don't know how many protesters there were, but uh, some say about 10,000 on the weekend on the lawn at Queens Park. And uh, in the aftermath of the student walkout as well, we discussed what the uh, impact would be on the quality of education. And now there's a memo that's uh, been obtained by Global News uh, informing approximately 1,000 high school teachers in Toronto that their positions have been declared surplus. What does that all mean? Let's find out. Annie Kidder is on the line, the executive director and founder of People for Education. Annie, good afternoon. Welcome to the Oakley Show. Good afternoon. What does that mean, declared surplus, by the way? Uh, I don't know. I haven't, I, that's, a, you know, more news. Um, declared surplus means um, that you don't have a job anymore. That means you are surplus to uh, the positions that are available. It, sometimes that happens at certain times of year, and then it's like, then as everybody realizes how many kids they're going to have, they come back. But I don't know. I don't know. I actually don't know anything about that particular memo. I know that school boards received notice last week from the province um, that there there definitely were going to be fewer teacher positions um, and laid out some of the numbers for them. But I'm not sure about individual boards now already sending out notices. All right. Well, this was a Global News report, mm-hmm. and uh, the memo, they say, was sent out by Ontario Secondary School Teachers Federation Toronto President Leslie Wolf on Friday evening. In the letter she wrote, Quote, to the thousand or so OSSTF Toronto teacher bargaining unit members who were declared surplus today, know that together we will continue the fight for your job. So this is the memo from the union saying that a thousand jobs will be declared surplus. Uh, Do we take that as an article of faith? Well, I don't know, because really what you would have had to have seen is the first thing. She she seems to be referring to something else that told teachers they were being declared surplus. So... Uh, you know, you'd have to go back to the very beginning there and go did the, and ask the TDSB, did you send out a memo to a thousand teachers declaring that, you know, telling them they didn't have jobs next year? All right. But the Ford yeah. government in response says these surplus notices are part of the regular annual school board process per local collective agreements. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's true. So everybody's telling the truth. Um and everybody, you know, but part of the planning is you have to, you have to, you know, begin to get your budget in order. Um, you have to start doing it this time of year. If you're not sure whether or not um, you're going to have the jobs, you actually have to give the kind of layoff notices. So um, that that does happen, and it's it is part of a kind of regular cycle. And often, um, some of those jobs turn out uh, not to be not to be surplus. Right. So maybe this uh, memo is more ominous sounding than it actually is. Well, it's, it, it's hard, it's hard to know, uh, you know, whether or not, yeah, it's just hard to know right now. That's all. Okay. Uh, well, the idea that there are 3,475 positions that will not be filled over the next four years due to attrition, is that tantamount to job loss? Well, it's, it's, 
the loss of teachers out of the system. So it's it's not teachers losing their jobs necessarily. And the the province has said over and over there are going to be no involuntary layoffs. Like, and I think that I think they're honest about that part. So it doesn't mean teachers are going to lose their jobs, but it definitely means that students will have fewer teachers, and that's really the point. And they, you know, they, they this. Um, the government ran on reducing the deficit and balancing the budget and um, and that's part of how it has to be done. You have to cut money in order to do that and um, and a substantial amount of money is being cut from the education system. All right, uh, so where do you see it as being at least a, a rational approach to having to find e- efficiencies in the system? Uh, because this is the quandary we find ourselves in. You know, everybody's ox gets gored and they're complaining, you know, if they're losing the band, you know, in the school, somebody likes to play the oboe, they're going to feel like uh, they're the victim and all that. You know how it works. Where where, where typically then uh, would the most sense be made in trying to find efficiencies? Well, I think I think that is a really great question. And I think you actually have to start with, I like the oboe part of it too. Um, you have to start by thinking about what are we trying to do here? What is the, what's the over, I know this sounds a little bit philosophical, but what are, what is the education that we want our kids to have in our schools? Uh, how broad do we want it to be? Do we want to make sure that either they can play the oboe or they can take very specialized, you know, math classes in grade 12 or, uh, or shop or things like that. You have to decide that. And you have to decide how many specialty teachers do we think that they need. So you have to approach it, I think, from a kind of education perspective first. Start with what kind of education do we want to make sure they're going to have. Then figure out how much that education should cost. And definitely, um, you know, we have a funding formula in Ontario that the bulk of it's still kind of the same as it was in 1998 and the world has changed. Um, so, it, you know, reviewing the funding formula is not a bad idea. I think that the worry about the approach that's being taken right now is, you know, why do we spend the bulk of our money on teachers, obviously, or there wouldn't be an education system because that's what education is being taught by teachers. It's the relationship between teachers and students. So looking there first, rather than say going, hmm, you know, we have all sorts of different public systems and public services that we provide to families, to young people, to old people? Is there a way of, you know, uh, making those a little bit more coherent or integrating across systems so that we have centers that provide, you know, services together, for instance? So the, the worry or the, the concern about right now is that this this is, I mean, they, all the memos from the province have said this is a way of, you know, that teacher positions are going to be eliminated. And what it will mean, it, yes, it's going to mean your oboe choice, but, it, but it's going to mean more than that. It's going to mean that it will be very difficult for boards uh, to provide um, a lot of choice to kids in high school. And I think if you talk to employers or people that are out there looking for the right kind of grown-ups we need to run this messy world, um, they are saying, we want kids uh, with a very broad education. We, you know, there's no use learning one specific skill now because all the jobs are going to change anyway. And I think we have to be careful in high school that, you know, I don't know if you know any teenagers, but when they come into school, they don't, the high school, they don't necessarily, they're not necessarily on a fixed path to adulthood. And we want to make sure that we can provide them with that broad education. And they, the impact of the loss of this many teachers 
uh, will be that it will be much more difficult to provide that kind of choice. Yeah, coincidentally, you know, we had this discussion on the air last week, uh, the quality of education, because the government's priorities seem to be in the STEM area, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. the sciences, technology, engineering, and maths. So uh, where are we getting the most bang for our buck, a return on investment? When Doug Ford says, you know, we want to prepare people for the job market, uh, if that's going to be prioritized, and I don't know what the answer is either, because, I mean, uh, somebody may actually be good at playing the oboe and clarinet and uh, turn out to be, you know, somebody who uh, does all kinds of wonderful things on the global stage because they've come out of a school that uh, did have a band. So I, I'm not entirely clear what the answer here is. No, and I, I'm not either. And the thing about those poor oboe players that you're picking on um, is that actually what they really learn, I mean, besides maybe they learn to be fabulous oboe players, but they learn to practice, to fail, to try hard, to work with a group, to collaborate, to, you know, do boring repetition. Um, it's really hard work. And so I think that, it, you know, again, even when we talk about preparing people for jobs, everybody, the world that, you know, economists, everybody goes, you know, a quarter of the jobs that are going to exist in 10, 20 years don't exist at all right now. We don't even know what they are. Um, So we have to make sure that we're preparing kids for any job um, and we're preparing them to keep on learning. That's the most important thing they need to be able to do. And they do need to be able to, uh, you know, understand, you know, be able to think critically or, you know, try something, take feedback, have it not work, um, start again. They need to be persist. They need to, um, they need to be able to, you know, be innovative. All those things and those those kinds of things are learned. They're learned in math for sure, and science and engineering. But they're all, they're all they're learned in all subjects. You know, right, but, but they're also prompted by uh, good communicators as teachers. And these teachers mm-hmm. now, you know, this is, does uh, actually. <laughs> brings up the question of the criteria for evaluating an effective teacher. It's not necessarily predicated on seniority. And uh, I guess, you know, maybe we ought to start quantifying what a teacher brings to the table by way of, you know, uh, the kids who prosper under that particular teacher or individual. Well, I think that, you know, one of the other things that was announced that is going to change is the way hiring, some of the way that hiring has been working up to now. So I I think part of the plan is to make it easier for principals to to interview and, and hire teachers that they feel are a good fit for their particular school that reflect the diversity of the school that that fit with, you know, what their the kind of goals of the school are. So, uh, yes, that is also it, there are so many things that go into this. And that's why you know, we all have to be careful about, you know, either going, I'm on this side or this side, because there's really never any black and white either in these conversations. All right, but it sounds to me like you're actually uh, very much in favor, though, of uh, allowing the principals of the the local board to have autonomy when it comes to the the hiring practice, right? Um, Yeah, but, and they do. I mean, they they already do, and I think that this... But what's a better fit? Right. ...going to make it easier to do that. Annie, I appreciate your time. It's uh, something that's not going away anytime soon, you know... The unions are going to keep uh, this one festering for the longest time, I'm sure. But uh, we'll talk again down the road. Uh, Okay. Okay. Look forward to it. Thanks for your time. Annie Kidder is the executive director and founder of People for Education. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 